the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hello again, everybody. Ron Geyer with End Time Insights. Thank you for tuning in. We do not take your listening for granted. We praise God that you're listening, and we want to give you God's very best. And God's very best is always applicable to what's happening in the earth today. And we love to be current, and we love to be biblical. We love to be truthful. We love talking about the things that other people aren't talking about because our pastors have a lot of stuff to do. A lot of them are busy with what they feel God has led them to tell you about. Very rarely does it include judgment or sacrifice or sin or suffering. So hallelujah, we're going to hold ourselves accountable to the Word of God. Uh, We've been talking about warnings from the Word of God and all different aspects of it. And last week we started talking about doctrine. And uh, today's is actually called Doctrine is Important. I cannot overemphasize, and the apostles didn't, and Jesus didn't, overemphasize that you must have your doctrines correct. And how do you know when your doctrine's correct? When it's the Word of God. It's so simple. People read the Word of God lots of times to support their doctrines. They read the Word of God to conform to their doctrines. No, 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 no. You read the Word of God to get your doctrines. It's a totally different dynamic. I don't come up with this idea. Well, let me see if I can find it in the Word of God. No. You bypass revelation knowledge when you do that. You read the Word of God. You let God's Holy Spirit speak to your spirit. Let Him enlighten uh, your spirit to the truth. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. I'm not talking about myself, says the Holy Spirit of God. I'm only going to tell you those things that I've seen. That's why you can get the purity, the truth of the Bible doctrines by just praying and reading your Bible. So important, so important. Hebrews 13.9. Oh, let me back up. I am sure that every... I wrote this down just a little six-line daily that I want to tell you about, just so you know where we're coming from. I'm sure that every sermon I'm going to preach, every lesson I'm going to teach, every post I'm going to write will have some kind of biblical warning in it. Remember, less than one in ten Christians see things as God sees them. Uh, That just blows me away. One in ten Christians, less than that, see the world the way God sees them. I, I can't stand that, and that should not be able to stand. That must be addressed. So that's what we're doing. The scriptures in Romans, it doesn't say wisdom and knowledge was unsearchable. It says judgment is unsearchable. So you should be able to understand God's wisdom. You should be able to understand his uh, knowledge. You can get your solutions. You can get your insights. You can get your doctrines from the word of God. I will help you to learn what righteous judgment looks like. And all that means that you will simply judge things. You will judge people. You will judge events by the word of God through the doctrines that you learn. You will look at the world through the view of God as he wrote down in his word, which is designed to keep you 
in the will of God to keep you holy, to keep you full of faith, to keep you pure before him. Doctrine is important. Hebrews 13, 9. Do not be carried away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be established and strengthened by grace and not by foods which bring no benefit or spiritual growth to those who observe them. Here, the writer, he's warning the Jewish Christians not to be carried away captive by strange teachings. In this case, it was the teachings about the rules of diet and the ritualistic meals. You know, the Jews, they had their ceremonial washings. And, you know, you could take that into today. We've got our own days that we consider holy, whether it's Easter or whether it's the doctrines of churches which said you can't eat meat on Friday or that you can't handle money on certain days. These are all man's doctrines. And Paul is, well, the writer of Hebrews, it's not certain if it's Paul or not, but the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't let strange teachings carry you away. Carry you away from where? Away from the truth of God's word. Away from the safety of the word of God. You know, the, one of the words, there's, I think, three words for deception. And one of the words is planeo, deceit, uh, P-L-A-N-E-O, planeo. And it means to move away, to take one away, to carry one away from the place of safety. And that is so accurate. The Word of God is your safe place. Hide me, O God. That's where you are safe, in the Word of God. The Word of God is the center of God's will. When you are in the Word of God, you are in the center of God's will. You are walking in the Spirit. You are safe. False doctrines, false teachers, deception, that's designed to take you away from that safe place. Jesus accented that too. It's so important that you get that. In Hebrews 13:9, the writer uh, is warning the Jewish Christians not to be carried away captive by strange teachings. Specifically, this was a warning about the Jewish rituals regarding eating. The writer states here that there is no benefit to those who do these rituals. As a Catholic growing up, we were not allowed to eat meat on Fridays. There's no benefit there outside of obedience to my mom and learning to hate fish because mom didn't know how to cook fish. Oh, I still hate fish to this day. I'm drifting. Hallelujah. As a Catholic growing up, we were not allowed to eat meat on Friday. It was considered a mortal sin if we missed Mass on Sunday. All sorts of different doctrines that weren't biblical. The Jews had many such rituals and thinking that holiness would be achieved by them keeping and honoring these rituals. There's only one way to God's holiness, and that's through obedience and adherence to the Scriptures. Brother Stephen Cole, I think he's a pastor, writes about this verse like this. Here, the author in Hebrews was concerned that these readers would be carried about by varied and strange teachings, including returning to Judaism. So he calls them to remember the godly teachers who had spoken the word of God to them, even though these men had now died, Jesus Christ and others, the Jesus Christ whom they preach is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He reminded them of that. His grace and his sacrificial death on the cross are the center of sound doctrine. You must understand that. Jesus is always the central theme of sound doctrine. Jesus is always the central theme of the gospel. Jesus is always the central theme of any church body, any church event. He is always the central theme of everything Christian. Jesus and his death on the cross have become our altar for the Jews, as it were, which supersedes and replaced the Jewish altar in the temple. Therefore, we must turn our backs on Judaism, is what Stephen Cole is saying, and we must let every other religion go by the way, and we must hold firmly to Christ and his cross. 
if such faith leads, this is great, I love this, if such faith in Christ and the cross leads to hardship, rejection, persecution, or even death, keep in mind that we are not living for rewards in this life, but for the reward that he has promised us in heaven. Wow, wow, wow. As I'm reading that and I'm studying it, I'm going, okay, Cole warns us, keep in mind that we are not living for the rewards of this life. Wow. What does that do to the prosperity gospel in America today? What does that do to the faith teaching that you can have what you want, that man decides his own destiny by whatsoever he sows, that shall he reap? Keep in mind that we are not living for rewards in this life. That's going to blow some people's doctrine. That's going to smack them right between the eyes. We are not living for that new house. We are not living for the new car, the job promotion, the new wife, the, the, the bigger house. We are living for the rewards that Jesus Christ has promised us in heaven. I love it. I love it. I love it. I cannot overemphasize the importance of staying true in one's belief to sound doctrine. In today's America, Jesus Christ is under assault, and he's under assault in the church, and he's under assault by the church. Whether it's an attack upon Jesus' sovereignty in the earth today, by the word of faith, gang, whether it's an outright dismissal of Jesus' word by the hyper-grace crowd because he spoke before he was resurrected, or whether it's an assault upon Jesus' sinless life, Jesus is still being crucified. Don't you be one of them. Cole further writes, false teaching is a perpetual danger for God's people. I tell you this all the time. I'm saying this now. I tell you this all the time, saints, because the danger is still there. So must be the warnings. That's why we continue to warning to warn you every single week. Back to Cole. We live in a day when evangelical Christians minimize the importance of sound doctrine and even speak against it as something that divides us and goes against Christ's commands to love one another. This is Ron talking again. This isn't Cole. I've been through this myself where we say, no, no, you've got to be in harmony. You've got to be in one. We've got to stop this division in the church. I go, no, no, no. They're doing that. This is exactly what he's talking about. They're doing that at the price of forsaking truth. Listen, when somebody comes out and he says that once saved, always saved, that's false. And so when I put the scriptures in there disproving that, and they say that I'm being divisive. No, I am being truthful. It's Satan who's being divisive. It's the terrorists that are in the church that we allow in the church that are being divisive. When somebody comes out with the doctrine like, well, Jesus isn't sovereign in the earth today. He can do nothing without man's permission, man's prayer. That's false. When I challenge that, people say that's divisive. No. Hey, earth, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring unity. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I came to bring division because there's going to be conflict between the truth and the lie in the body of Christ. There's going to be conflict between what's right and what's wrong. There's going to be conflict between the saint of God and the terrorist. Get that straight. God didn't call us to have unity in the church. He said, have unity in the faith. The faith is what? It's the doctrine. It's the Christian creed. It's the word of God. It's the protocols and the mantra. It is the constant, constant infilling of the Holy Spirit, explanation of the Holy Spirit, revelation from the Holy Spirit about what's been written. We ought to be unified around that, not not a false peace that we see going on today. Peace, peace, safety, safety. The prophets are still getting it wrong. Where am I? Cole, the emphasis today is on coming together where we can agree rather than dividing and separating ourselves 
where we disagree on the doctrines. To say I'm right and you're wrong over doctrinal matters, that sounds bold to some. That smacks of pride and intolerance. I am intolerant. Yes, I am. I am intolerant towards people that lie from the pulpit. I am intolerant toward religious people that twist the word, that pervert the word. That was wrong. Sorry. Back to Cole. It will earn you the unwelcome label of a fundamentalist or a separatist. The concept that any religious teaching may be universally true or false is foreign to them. This runs counter to the modern mindset. They deny the ab- I'm writing this. He's done. They deny the absolute truths of the word. For example, homosexuality is dead wrong. And yet, since any discussion on that topic will create division, because people say all the time, God's a God of love. And if Harry wants to love Jimmy, God is surely not against that. We use human reasoning to dismiss the word of God. That's false. That is false. It cannot be allowed to stand. And when I challenge something like that in the church and it causes division, good. Hallelujah. Back to Cole. We view religious or spiritual views as a matter of preference, not of truth. A 1991 George Barna survey found that only 23% of evangelical Christians expressed a strong belief in absolute truth. 23%. Among the American public, not saying they're Christians, but among the general populace, whether they're a Christian or not, that number jumped to 28%. Catch this. The people that don't know God in the world, 28% of them believe in absolute truth. The people that know their God, 23% believe in absolute truth. Can you see why the church is in trouble? But, you know, the church... Cole finishes here, but the New Testament is filled with warnings against false doctrines. Here's another article. Uh, Jesus warned, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravening wolves. Paul warned the Ephesian elders to be on guard against savage wolves, and then added, and from among your own selves men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Perverse things. These are false doctrines. He warned the Galatians about men who were preaching a false gospel. In Colossians, Paul warned against being taken captive by the philosophy and those who impose rules about food and drink and the observance of certain days. Paul's pastoral letters frequently mention sound doctrine and warn against false teaching. To deny the vital importance of sound doctrine makes us prime targets for the enemy's attacks. We have got to be wise. We've got to stay in the Word of God. I tell you, you've got to read your Bible every day. You've got to read your Bible every day. Back to Cole, one more paragraph. Salvation by grace and not of works is an area where many still struggle, particularly those trapped by a false religious system. As Cole writes, invariably false teaching goes astray on the doctrine of God's grace. The era of the Judaizers, for instance, whom Paul confronted in Galatia, was to add the need to be circumcised to the doctrine of salvation by grace through faith alone. They could have argued that circumcision was a God-given command that predated the law, which was true. But Paul said that to add circumcision or anything else to the gospel of God's grace is to incur eternal damnation. Ouch, ouch. Do you see that? When you alter the doctrines of God, as the Jews were doing, Paul says, you know what you're doing? You will incur eternal damnation. I mean, it, it doesn't get any more straightforward than that. To add human works or human merit or human indulgences or penance, the Catholics do that, to Christ's death on the cross is necessary for salvation, is to commit the Galatian heresy. As the Reformers clearly taught, we are saved by grace and by grace alone, 
through faith alone and in Christ alone. Let me repeat that. We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We dare not add human works to God's all-sufficient grace. Saints, we just read it. These false doctrines, they're killers, man. Which is why I am pounding them home to you. We sit in churches all day, never really hearing the pastor because we like them, or we don't wish to ruffle the feathers, or we have been taught not to speak against God's anointed. But people, if someone is preaching error, they are not anointed to preach error. You must listen. You must challenge. You must discern for false doctrines everywhere because they are everywhere. And you must be aware of the, they carry the death penalty. Plainly put, they carry the death penalty. Phrases like damnable heresies and Jesus speaking to churches, I will kill her children with death, talking about Jezebel in the church. They are penalties for following false doctrines. They are not put there by accident. Our defense will always begin with Jesus Christ and his word. Jesus Christ is central to the gospel. It's his gospel after all, Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of what? Of the gospel of Christ, Romans 15.19. I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. There are over a dozen references to the truth that it's Christ's gospel. You know, I shudder to think of the danger that those who are in who are changing it or twisting it. I tell you, it's deadly. You know, we could spend weeks on false doctrines, and we will occasionally mention them and revisit them as they pop up in our teachings again. But I want to warn you of another doctrinal disease that's prevalent in today's American churches, and that's the doctrine of man. Matthew fifteen nine. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Today's churches, such as the Emergent Church, the Seeker-Friendly Church, churches with motivational speakers in their pulpits instead of men of God, churches that teach about social justice instead of Bible truths, all these are not only part and parcel contributing to the forward progress of the great apostasy, but they're actually leading it. Man, through religion, has created many teachings that are contrary to God's Bible doctrines. Not all of man's traditions are bad. That's not what I'm saying, but neither are they right. So we need to steer clear of them. That's what religion is. When preachers tell you that God is not sovereign in the earth today and they promote that over what's been written, that becomes religion. Priest not marrying, that's religion. Easter holiday, religion. Ceremonial washing of hands, religion. Holy water, religion. There are thousands of religious rituals that man has made and one of the newest ones, grave sucking, if you can believe that, out of Bethel Church, where they lie on the graves of dead saints, thinking there's a leftover anointing in them, and if they will lie on their, the top of their grave and pray, it'll come up through the ground, through the, through the tomb, into them. We're sick people. Hallelujah. All contribute, Jesus says, to a vain form of worship. We must understand, you cannot in any way, any shape, any form, You cannot alter, you cannot rewrite, you cannot ignore, you cannot reject or attempt to transform or replace the word of God. That leads to a vain form of worship, and it will also kill you, by the way. Matthew 15, 9, we just read it, but now I'm going to give you the, this is the living translation. No, it's the new NLT. What's the NLT? I forget it, but it's the NLT. Their worship is a farce. (laughs) That's cut to the chase, for they teach man-made ideas as if they're commands from God. That's heavy duty, but God will only receive worship that's done in the right spirit and based on his truths. And he told us how to worship him in John 4, 24. 
God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You get that? Spirit. Worship is a spirit. There's another current movement in the church today, and that's called the progressive Christianity movement. And it's designed to fit right into our current culture. It's designed to take the church right out of its place of holiness and throw them right smack into the middle of the American culture without missing a beat. And it is succeeding. It is similar in many aspects to the problems in the seven churches that Jesus talked about in Revelations 2 and 3. While the problems are similar, they just have been given new names, more socially conforming names that allow Christianity to conform and fit in without skipping a beat to today's modern culture. Biblical doctrines are no longer absolute, they teach. The Christian need not bow to the absolute authority of God's written word. Their personal beliefs are their guiding light. They don't see the Bible as a book that is the word of God. They see the Bible as a book that contains the word of God. That is night and day difference. They don't see the book as the word of God. They see the the Bible as a book that contains the word of God. It's not surprising that Satan finds more subtle, less traumatic ways of demeaning both the word of God and Jesus. Truth is, they are the same. Both the Word of God and Jesus. He is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ. When you demean one, you demean the other. This is cool. Genesis 3.1. Satan was not... No, let me read the scripture. Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Satan was not only subtle pertaining to evil then, but he still is now. Even more so with 6,000 years of experiencing humankind and their weaknesses. That's why we do this show, because we want to warn you. You have been in danger for 6,000 years. You are in danger today. You will be in danger until Jesus sets his foot back on the earth. The Hebrew word for subtle, by the way, it has its roots. It includes a cunning that can be couched in smoothness. That means when you are being deceived, the deception is not abrasive. It doesn't rub you the wrong way, but it wears comfortably. It raises no alarms in you. The deception looks good. It sounds good. It's attractive. Once again, God has gifted us with an understanding and a spiritual awareness, a discernment of his word to know the difference between good and evil, right and wrong, true and false. And we use that wisdom to teach you and warn you and reveal the craftiness to you of your enemy. He's not even hiding in plain sight like he used to, but he lives and he breathes and he functions quite successfully and openly, even in your own church, even in your own pulpit. The Bible says in Hebrews 5.14, but strong meat belongs to them that are full of age. That's me and my wife. We're 70. We're full of age. Hallelujah. We've been Christians for over 40 years. We got born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. We read our Bibles every single day. Every single day. I am what? 1981, got born again, that's 40, that's 30, that's 41 years. And I can probably count the days on one hand that I have missed reading my Bible. We do not starve ourselves. The Bible says, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. The word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You need the word of God. You need to feed on the word of God. I say all that to show you that God can trust us with his word. We have proven faithful with his word. That's why when I tell you we are telling you what God wants you to get, you can take that to the bank. 
the devil. He's cunning. He's tricky. But the Bible says when you read the word of God, even those who are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You need to be able to tell what's happening in the world today to discern good from evil, false from true. You need to know that. But you're only going to know it, A, if you have your senses exercised. And you get your senses exercised by using the Word of God, by living by faith, by giving financially to your local church, to the poor, to your family. When you do what the Bible says to do, that's called by reason of use. You are using the word of God. When you have a biblical worldview, when you see things as God sees them, you are using the word of God. What I'm doing now, what I am warning you, and I am telling you and cautioning you about the dangers, that's by reason of use. And your my senses, your senses are being exercised to discern what's right and what's wrong. There's no excuse. We could not be ignorant of the devil's devices. You use the word of God. You learn the difference between right and wrong. And God will keep you from the danger that's ahead. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.